Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano. For this episode, we're going to be talking more about t-shirts than we're going to be talking about turf. But don't worry, we're still going to have some informative fun because joining us is Joseph Kunick, the creator, owner of Birth Golf Death. Joseph was once working as an assistant superintendent, and now he owns his own apparel company. Joseph will talk about some of the inspirations for his designs, including some that are golf course maintenance theme, and also provide some tips for anybody that is maybe thinking of starting their own side business or even maybe their own career out of something that they have a passion for. Joseph, thanks for joining us. It's really cool to get you on the podcast. The uh, first thing I have to ask you is just tell us how you went from working on a golf course to creating your own apparel company. Right, can do. Um, well, thanks for having me. And uh, my really my first job was out of the when I got out of the army. Uh, I took a job down at Enjoy Golf Course, and uh, you know started working on the grounds crew. And you know I started golfing when I was five years old. I learned the game uh, from my father, and had been an avid golfer ever since. And never really put the two together that you know he could play and work on a course. So. I'd say within the first few weeks of working on that course that I really fell in love with it, and that's when I looked into becoming a superintendent. And I think six months later, I started working on my degree at the uh, State University of New York at Delhi. This was in 94. I did two years there. Uh, but in the summer, 5 and 96, we were supposed to do an internship, and everybody was looking locally and uh, I'd been out to Colorado before and wanted to get back out there and was lucky enough to land an internship at the Broadmoor uh, the same year they hosted the Women's 50th U.S. Open. And uh, that was a great experience, and everything kind of just kept you know, snowballing in the right direction and stuck it out in the industry for about another five or six years before I started having some issues with uh, skin cancer. My father, you know, had several operations to remove um, some molds and such, and I just started seeing some signs of it and decided that, you know, as much as I loved working on the course, it was time for me to get out. And uh, that was around 2000, 2001 or so. Yeah, and what were your emotions of leaving the golf business? It sounds like you, you had to. It was a difficult choice. And then what did you do from that point on? How did you get a, your own business started here? Yeah, you're right. It wasn't an easy decision, but um, I didn't get out completely. I would go back part-time and help some of the courses I worked on, you know, go in and mow on the weekends or, you know, just do part-time work to help out during the busy season or during an aeration, um, you know, things like that. And, of course, I've always kept playing since then. Probably around 2005, 2006, I, you know, I'm kind of a jeans and T-shirt kind of guy. And I realized I have no T-shirts that represent how much I love golf. Uh, this is when the Internet was, you know, really first starting to get going. And uh, I went online to do a search for, you know, a cool golf shirt that I would wear. And I couldn't find one. You know, everything was really cartoonish or things like play golf with your big Johnson or it takes balls to golf. And I'm like, I'm not wearing that crap. So, uh I had some ideas for some T-shirts of my own, and, um, you know, I had no idea how to do Photoshop or anything like that and self-taught and came up with a few T-shirt ideas and um, put them in a booth at a local festival, and the reception was great. I sold out of most of them. 
and people you know, were telling me these are some of the coolest shirts they've ever seen, and it kind of took off from there. How did you get the, the name Birth, Golf, Death for your business? Uh, well, pretty much being an avid golfer since I was five. Uh, one day I was just talking with a friend of mine while we were playing. It's like, yeah, you know, it almost feels like I was born. I started playing golf, and pretty soon I'm going to die. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute, birth, golf, death. And I'm like, that's it. When I was still looking for a company name, and that's how it came about. You couldn't fit work on a golf course somewhere in between those three <laughs> words? Yeah, I probably could have, but I tried to keep it as simple because you'd be surprised so many people still can't get the right order of it. I'll have people calling up, hey, is this death golf birth and birth death golf? And I'm like, no, think about it. You're born, you golf, you die. And so it's hard enough with just the three. I couldn't imagine if I threw something else in there. What was it like starting a business? What were some things you needed to get going in the peril side of golf? Well, definitely a lot of luck, you know, just having the right people see it. But um, I pretty much started on my own. I invested all my own uh, money and time in it. And um, it was really just a response I got from that first um, showing of my product in that booth that I could really see that people really liked it and saw that it was unique. And, you know, so I knew I had something special, and um, I just kept plugging away at it doing my own PR, you know, trying to reach out to people in the golf industry, publications, golfers themselves. If I knew anybody who knew somebody, you know, just putting the name out there. And, um, yeah, it just comes down to just working hard and just trying to get your name out there. You were starting a business at a, a tricky time. You had some momentum and some, some success with your early shows, and then the recession hits. Did that challenge you at all, and how were you – able to overcome maybe some of those initial economic challenges that you couldn't control? Yeah, it was some bad timing because I did start right before it and started to gain some momentum. Um, the economy did fall. I, you know, I didn't have too much invested at the time. I, I didn't really load up on a ton of inventory. I was kind of making designs as the orders came in. So it, it really didn't hurt me too bad. Uh, but once we got through it and... Um, I started doing more shows. At this time, I was in Denver, and I was doing, like, the Denver Golf Expo, and I had a Honda Element, and I'd load that thing up. I'd do the Salt Lake City Golf Expo. I'd drive down to Dallas and do the Expos. And uh, so I didn't really do them before the economy fell apart, so I didn't really notice the difference. But when I started doing them after, you know, they were doing pretty good. Uh, but then even with the economy still doing okay, the golf shows have, I noticed they were really kind of faded. And in the last couple of years, you'd see less and less people down the aisles, especially on the closing days. And uh, I think I did my last show in maybe 2011 or 12 out in Denver. And even that one, the attendance, you know, really wasn't the same. And you're just hoping to cover the cost of your booth. And, you know, that, that's really no fun when you're putting all that money into it and not making you know, uh, a good profit from it. So I really haven't done a golf expo in a while. I've checked in with some people that still do them, and they're like, you know, it, it's just not the same. So it's pretty much now just the word of mouth. Uh, I'm still self-investing in it. You know, I'm hoping someday that someone will see it that's looking to, you know, help out a startup company like mine. And uh, I know 
you know, if I can get the right investor, the right marketing, I still have something pretty unique. And I really think, you know, with the right marketing and advertising that it could still, you know, turn into something bigger. What type of creativity is needed to design a shirt or sticker? And how does that creativity compare to the, the creativity you need to work on a golf course? The main designs that I come up with, I mean, I, I can't really say there's a process. It's just sometimes I'll be just sitting there and all of a sudden something will, you know, pop into my head. Like, I think I was just laying in bed one night before I was going to sleep. And, you know, I have a eight-year-old daughter now, but at that time, you know, she was really young. And I was thinking about those stickers about babies on board. And I was like, God, you know, sometimes I call my golf clubs babies and, bam, there's a sticker, babies on board with a picture of golf clubs, and that's turned into my best-selling sticker. And it's pretty much the same way that any design comes, the T-shirts. You know, I don't really sit here thinking, like, okay, what's my next design? Um, Come on, think, think, think. It it just, it can be anywhere, walking in a store, seeing a picture. Um, I have one for women. It's a Marilyn Monroe, and it's, Irons are a girl's best friend, and I've always liked Marilyn Monroe, but I just happened to be, you know, looking online and saw a picture of her and thought, well, irons are kind of like diamonds. People, I know a lot of women like their hybrids and their irons, and that could be their best friend, and bam, there's a T-shirt. So a lot of it just kind of, you know, just comes out of nowhere, just having it in the back of my mind. And uh, as far as the, the golf course maintenance designs, you know, I had them in my mind for a while and it was about a year or so ago because I still think about working on a course every time I'm on a course I look at it you know obviously from a player's perspective but also you know that I worked on it and I think I saw the guy rolling the greens mower and that used to be one of my favorite things to do and it just at that time I'm like man that's there's a t-shirt right there there's a green the guy on the greens mower and you know that's how we roll and it you know got a good response i put it on a facebook group for golf course superintendents and maintenance and you know instantly it blew up people i want this shirt this is a great shirt and uh that kind of like i said it just takes off from there you just come up with one thing and put it in front of the right people get a good response and know that you got something special was there anything you did as an assistant superintendent or working on the golf course that applies to what you do now? I don't think so on that part as far as running an apparel business. Um, it's more just the inspiration for the designs, you know, knowing how other superintendents and maintenance workers on the courses, you know, trying to fulfill what they might be wanting to do with apparel. You know, really my main goal with creating the golf course maintenance designs was allowing workers in the industry to show their love of their, their job away from the course. You know, that's pretty much, you know, anything like guys that wear NFL football jerseys or stuff, they want to show how much they love their team when they're not at the game. So it, it really was just something to create a way for people in the industry to express their love for the job as much as I love it when they're away from the course. When did you realize a stint meter and a cup cutter would make for a cool shirt? Probably when the That's How We Roll got so popular. Uh, I didn't want to just have one shirt 
on my website for them, so I wanted to come up with a few to give them some choices. The cup cutter, that that's probably was my second favorite job. I love being the first one out. It's nice and quiet. You're out there cutting the cups. I mean, there's an art form to it. And uh, I, pretty much the cup cutter was the only product I could think of that um, could be by itself on this shirt. And it's just one of those designs that I think only people in the industry will know. You know, even my wife came down when she saw it. She's like, what the heck is that thing? Is that some kind of sexual <laughs> object or something? I'm like, no, that's a, that's a hole cutter. And, you know, I was trying to look for something, something that only we would know what it is. But it would be one of those items that I think the guys in the industry like putting out there because I'm sure they, they're going to get a lot of looks and people asking, you know, you know, really, what the hell is that thing on your shirt? So it was... That, that shirt was more for that, you know, trying to get that response. And you have a stint meter one, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Hopefully that wasn't confused with a sexual object. No, I, I actually tried to put that on the shirt, but the stint meter itself, it just, you know, looked, looked like a ruler. And um, I don't it's just one of them things you start out thinking, okay, I want to have the stint meter. That doesn't look good. What else could I do? And I'm like, well... There's a whole part of mathematics to it, and that's where I just came up with, you know, I found out what the actual calculations were, and when I was looking at that, I'm like, I'm just going to put this on the shirt. And bam, there you go. And that's the cool thing about your designs. They're a little bit edgy, and they really push things to another level. And two in particular really stuck out to me, so I'm kind of curious what your inspiration for each one was. One of them is ass down, face up, that's the way I read my putts. That almost sounds like that should be in a, a hip-hop song, that, that line. Yeah, that's where it was taken from. And uh, that's become one of my better sellers, too. But it's definitely one of more of the edgy ones. You know, it was really just listening to the song and then just always having it in the back of my mind that I'm that creative process. I guess one day hearing the song, I just put the words in about putting, and it worked and came up with a graphic and... Again, bam, there it is. And I love to spank Whitey. I'd love to know what you were thinking when you came up with that line. That was actually my first design. That's by far, hands down, my best seller, both the men's and women's version. And that pretty much when I was living out in Colorado, that's how uh, when I first moved out there, that's what everyone out there would say. They're like, hey, you want to go spank Whitey? And that's what people out there were saying to go play golf, you know, spank the little white ball. And uh, I picked up on that right away out there. So anytime you call up your buddy, hey, let's go spank Whitey. And that's pretty much what it is. That you know, we love to spank Whitey. The ball's white. You spank it with your club. And uh, I think the Whitey just being that that's kind of more in a, a retro term, and that's why I came up with the retro golfer for the graphics. And uh, like I said, that that's by far has been my bestseller since day one. Good story on that shirt. It was my last Denver Golf Expo show. You know, it was a really slow show. Sales weren't good. The attendance wasn't good. You know, it was the last day. We had probably about a half hour left. And there were a couple older um, black women coming up the aisle. And I'm like, yeah, great. They're like, they're going to stop at my booth. They ended up buying five of the Spank Whitey shirts. And the funny thing about that is, is I have so many customers that are black that love that design 
and it's just where you you know you go to show you you just never know and they turned out making the whole expo you know worthwhile and we had a lot of good laughs they're like this is so great you know and again it's just the reaction from people that you know i'm doing something good and people like what i'm making were you worried at first that your shirts would not be received well or they would be too edgy for what's generally perceived as a conservative market? Not really. I, I just was making something that I liked, and I wasn't too worried about what the response was. I, I have come up with a couple designs that pushed it a little too far that I didn't put out there, but I'm, I'm not worried about it. You know, I know there's going to be people that but you can't please everybody. I've learned that immediately. And it's just, you know, you keep putting them out there and have some for the people that like the edgy stuff and have some for the people that don't. How does the Internet help somebody like yourself that wants to start their own business? Has it made it easier to start a business or has it made it more challenging because of so much competition out there? I'd say it's, it's definitely easier. Um, I think the brick-and-mortar stores are going by the wayside. You know, thanks to the conglomerates of, like, Amazon, especially, like, up here in upstate New York, you know, you see it, the economy still isn't that great, and the brick-and-mortar stores are kind of going to the wayside. So the Internet, you know, definitely gives me the reach nationwide. Uh, I've had inquiries from, you know, England and Scotland, you know, other big golfing areas that, you know, I could never reach if I was trying to start out in a local little, you know, store here in upstate New York. So it's um, you know definitely beneficial because then you can also use it on your marketing end. Uh, when I came up with the golf course maintenance designs, you know, I didn't know who to really reach out to, so I just went on and found out all the superintendents, you know, publications, things like that. And uh, it's it just the internet gives you pretty much unlimited resources, and if you can just get creative with it, you're going to be able to find ways to get the name out there and. You know, for example, that's how we found each other. I think there are a lot of people that work on golf courses that have an idea for a product or concept or maybe want to start a, a side business. What would, advice would you give somebody that was once in your position about going out and trying their idea and trying to sell their idea? Well, if they got ideas for creative T-shirts, I say don't do it because I don't want the competition. But, no, if it's something that they really feel inside that they want to do, start small. You know, don't quit your job and say, I'm going to jump onto this idea. Come up with a few ideas, put them out in front of other people, uh, you know, your peers, uh, other people in the industry. Uh, that's the first thing I did with my, um, that's how we roll design, is before I even put it on Facebook, I sent it out to some other friends of mine that are still in the industry, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is great, this is cool. So, from that point on, you can, you know, when you come up with something, then, uh, like I said earlier, there's so many boards on uh, Facebook, so many groups uh, that you can put things out in front of to get, I mean, you're going to get honest feedback from these groups. Uh, people are doing it all the time on there when they have even questions about buying new equipment and things like that. So something on the creative end, they'll, you know, they'll give you the response that you need as well, and usually they're straight up front and blunt about it. So you'll know right away if you're on the right track before you should get too involved. What type of patience do you need when you're starting your own business? I take it there wasn't necessarily a lot of instant gratification. You have to maybe go into it with a long-haul mentality? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, even though you know, the designs I came up with right away had a great response, uh, there's like that initial wave of everybody jumping on board at the beginning, and then it kind of fades off. So that's why you always have to keep thinking of, you know, kind of recreating yourself, coming up with new designs, new marketing, just new ideas about keeping it fresh. Where do you want to take your business, and where do you want to take your designs? Where do you see yourself maybe in five to ten years? I think the ultimate for me would have a tour player wearing some of my designs. Uh, I came close to that with Jason Duffner because uh, my buddy, uh, one of my best friends that I first met when I moved out to Colorado, ended up becoming his fitness trainer uh, right before you really started hearing about Duffner. And... Uh, he was interested in it, but again, they get paid so much money uh, to wear the items that they're wearing that, you know, like I said, I was starting out with myself. It's one of those things where I didn't have the marketing dollars that, you know, even though my buddy was his fitness trainer, they'd become friends. He still wasn't going to wear something uh, because all these other clothing companies were giving him so much money. But that's still a goal of mine. Uh, and like I said, I hope, you know, if this continues to grow or I get the right investors to help me out and do the right marketing that uh, one day I'll get a tour player and you'll see it out there on tour my skull logo and birth golf death I mean that that would be my ultimate goal uh, it also wouldn't hurt to possibly get in like the PGA super stores or you know the larger golf uh, apparel stores uh, that'd be another nice step but again I'm just going to keep on keeping on with my website the positive attitude and see where it leads. Have you ever been on a golf course or have you ever been anywhere else where you've walked around and have seen somebody wearing one of your shirts randomly that you didn't know? Yeah, that happened a few times out in Denver. Um, the early golf shows, I, golf expos I did out there, I did sell a lot of product uh, and I would see some people wearing them. And uh, when I first started out, I would print up my own flyers and I would go to every golf course around the Denver metro area, you know, around 11 or 12 when I knew they were packed, and I would walk the parking lots and put my flyers in all the windows on all the cars, and uh, I was putting one in on a car, and the guy came out, and he's like, oh, my gosh, you're the birth golf death guy. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, hey, this is like meeting Oprah. I'm like, well, I appreciate that. I wish it was like that, but... You know, it is cool when people, you know, know the product, and then you know you tell them you're the guy, and it definitely boosts the ego. Uh, that's another good thing about Facebook and people on my page that when they get my products or my shirts or my stickers, and they come back on there and, and post the feedback that's all super positive, and I love your products, and I gave this sticker as a gift, and they loved it, and you know, it's just. Again, just more, just more, just more positive energy to go to keep uh, keep doing what I'm doing. Where can someone go to learn more about birth, golf, death, and look at some of the shirts? Uh, the best place would be my website, you know, and that's birthgolfdeath.com. That's got all the golfing apparel, uh, the golf course maintenance uh, designs, and that's where you're going to find. Uh, Everything I got right now is on birthgolfdeath.com. Joseph, this was a lot of fun. I can positively say you were the first person to join Superintendent Radio Network to talk about apparel. So it was cool to do something 
different, and we really enjoyed having you on, and good luck with your, your business moving forward. Right on. Uh, I, I really appreciate it, and uh, look forward to working with you again in the future.